Hey, welcome to Oasis Singles. My name is Pastor Dave, and I'm so excited you're here. By the way, this site is not just about Christian dating service reviews and so forth, but it's also about life advice, all things Christian single. We have articles, we have interactive ways that you can get in touch with each other, and we also have podcasts that are all about the Christian life. I hope you enjoy our site, and I hope you enjoy the podcast you're about to listen to right now. God bless. some principles now for how to do it as a Christian. Okay, first principle, maximize your singleness for God. If you are single, read, study, grow, pray, serve, do ministry, help those in need, right? Make it count. You got free time, use it. And the cool thing is at Mars Hill, and I seriously want to say this, thank you to all those who are single, our ushers, greeters, set up, tear down, volunteers, children's ministry. Without single people, Mars Hill Church does not exist because they are the bulk of volunteer manpower and woman power. They just aren't. And so even in the children's ministry, it's tons of single people. And I would even say, if you're a single guy, serve in the children's ministry, right? I mean, it's a great place for a guy who says, I want to get married and I want to be a dad. I'll go practice on their kids, you know? It's great. And you know what? There's beautiful gals in there too who love Jesus. And if the two of you are playing with kids, you're almost there, (laughs) you know? You're like, hey, you like this? You know, this is nice. So we could do this, you and me. Number two, do not pursue a relationship until you're in a season of life where you're ready to marry, right? If you're, let's say, in your sophomore year of your undergrad work, gentlemen, and your goal is to graduate and then go to medical school and become a doctor because you can take care of your family, well, then it's going to be a long time before you could probably get married, so it's not time to pursue a serious relationship. If you're still overcoming drugs or alcohol addiction, you're not ready for marriage, so don't start a relationship. Right? If you still can't get a job, find a job, keep a job, gentlemen, you're just not ready. It's not the right season. Right? If you can't stop smoking weed, I mean, good golly. You're not ready to get married. And some of you say, well, if I had a wife, then she would help me. No, she'd be your mom. Johnny, get up. Stop smoking weed. Where's your pants? Go to work, you know. <laughs> Gosh. If we find that, we're going to come to your house. We're going to video how we mock you. Uh, Number three, be reasonable with your expectations. Don't set your expectations too too high. Some people's expectations are ridiculous. You know, some women, if Jesus showed up, be like, I don't like facial hair. I mean, it's just crazy. You know, it's like, jeez, be reasonable, right? And some set their expectations way too low. I talked to a gal not too long ago. She was engaged to this guy who's a loser. And I said, why are you engaged to that guy? She said, he asked... Wow. So he's breathing and could talk. I would hope you'd have at least one or two other things on your list of requirements, you know? I mean, I said, look, just because he asked, I said, you've got to have a little more expectation than that. You know, you, you can't set your standards too low and settle. You also can't set them so high that there is no way in the world you'll find this perfect person. It's just not going to happen. Uh, number four, this will help those of you who are single. A date is not dating. Okay, a date is when you have coffee or go out to dinner, you know, or sit down somewhere and eat where it's food not cooked by a high school kid in a uniform, you know. It's sitting down and being together. It's a date. You can go on a date. And more so people freak out about this. But if we go on a date, don't we need to get engaged? If I go for coffee, do you want caffeinated or decaffeinated? Here's your ring. Look, it's too early for that, okay? 
It's too early for that. 1 Timothy 5 says to treat younger women like what? Sisters. Can you talk to your sister? I do. Can you eat a meal with your sister? You can. Can you have coffee with your sister? Yeah. Can you enjoy your company? Yeah. Well, what about your sisters in Christ? Yeah. It doesn't need to be all sexually charged and confusing. That means you can go on a date. And if you become a couple, now you're dating. We'll call that Christian dating. We're a couple. We're seeing one another. We're working toward the possibility of maybe we'll go through the premarital class and get engaged and be married. We're seeing, but it starts with a date. And gentlemen, let me say this. If you're going to take a gal out on a date, do not take her to a concert, right? Because you can't talk and you'll be yelling at each other and that's no way to start a relationship. And don't take her to a movie because you can't talk because ladies, what do you want to do? You want to talk. You got a lot of questions. And if he takes you to a place where you can't talk, you can't really get to know each other. So gentlemen, a date, a date is very important. So gentlemen, to get a date, uh, here's my next point. Uh, he initiates, she responds, right? Gentlemen, you have got to have a little courage, right? You've got to walk up. Hello, right? And do this right. Button with shirts, breath mint, two eyebrows. Think it through, right? Have a plan. <laughs> Have a plan. Hello. I was wondering, would you like to go to a cup of coffee? Would you like to go catch a bite to eat? Some friends and I are going out to, you know, to dinner after church or out to do something. Would you care to join us? We would enjoy your company. Ask. And ladies, you could say yes. Or you could say no. If you're not interested, say no. Say no. You're like, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Why won't he dump him in two weeks? <laughs> it won't be any better, okay? I mean, he's, you know, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, psych. I'm out. You know, just be nice about it. And gentlemen, respect the answer. Now, as well, gentlemen, what this means is you've got to initiate and you've got to accept the fact that you may be rejected. And the cowardly men try to work through the girlfriend of the friend. Right? They try to get to the girl through her friend. So they'll go, uh, could you ask your friend if maybe she would pray about going out with me? Ladies, if, if some guy puts you in that spot, here's what you say. Get on your bike and ride home, little boy. That, that's the answer. It's ridiculous. She might reject me. Well, she should. You're pathetic. You have no game at all. You know, you're a man. Be a man. That's what they like anyways. Uh, anyways. And, and guys always argue with me on this. I always get single guys, I have a sermon like, I don't agree. I'm like, you don't have a wife. You don't know anything. You know, you're, you're like a dog chasing a fire truck. If you caught it, you wouldn't know what to do with it. You shouldn't talk. You don't know what you're talking about. How about this one? Uh, do not date or go on a date with anyone who's not a Christian. Right? If the whole goal is, you know, I'd like to meet somebody to marry, and the first date is not, are we going to get married? <laughs> Somebody asked that, you know, pretend like you're going to the bathroom, get in your car and drive home. I mean, it's a little early. But if they're not a Christian, you're not going to, don't even start, right? Some people say, but they believe in God. James says even demons do. And I would encourage you not to date one. You're going to need more than that. 2 Corinthians 6.4, right? Do not be unequally yoked. If you love Jesus, you want somebody that loves Jesus. And if they don't love Jesus, they're not going to understand you. You can't pray with them, read the Bible with them, grow in Christ with them. It's not going to be a good marriage. And... It's going to be really confusing when you have kids. Mom and dad don't worship the same God, don't have the same authority, don't have the same beliefs and values. What a nightmare. No, 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 no. And, and some of you guys will be like, but uh, he'll go to church with me if I sleep with him. Oh, great. Boy, that's great. That's awesome. That's incredible. That's so helpful. What a great witness. No. A man needs to love Jesus, and then a woman needs to love Jesus, and then that man and woman can love Jesus together. 
And the relationship needs to make you more holy, but it doesn't need to be the beginning of your relationship with Jesus. You need to have your own relationship with Jesus. And this includes marrying someone who has equal theological convictions. What kind of church do you want to go to, right? What is your doctrine? If you're the charismatic gal who loves to pray in tongues, and you're the real hardcore fundamental guy who thinks that all people who speak in tongues are demon-possessed, it's going to be really weird at your family dinner table, right? Right? The kids will be sitting there, and mom will be like, shakana, hakana, makana, and dad's going to be casting a demon out of her, and the kids are all going to be crying. So it can't, you know, it can't, you guys get my point, you've got to agree on stuff, right? It can't just be, we're Christians, you've got to be kind of on the same team, having the same doctrinal convictions. You know what I'm talking about. How about this one? Only date one person at a time, right? It's not buckshot, you know. You know. Go to Mars Hill, be like, I'm going to ask 20. I'm sure I'm going to get four, and one of these might be my wife. No, don't do that. One at a time. Uh, how about this one? Look at who God puts in front of you. Look at who God puts in front of you, right? This is Ruth. Boaz is out living his life, and God puts Ruth in front of her, and eventually he looks, oh, there's Ruth, right? No books online. You can listen to it. But how many of you guys are overlooking certain women? You're overlooking. Look at who's in front of you. Who's in your community group? Who's in your church? Who's in your circle of friends? Who's on your serving ministry team? Who's there? Who's God put right in front of you? Look at them. Pay attention. You may be overlooking the obvious. Uh, how about this one? Feel free to use technology wisely. Internet dating is not a sin. Be careful. You could end up with a stalker. You could end up with, like, you know, if somebody's like, hey, I'll meet you in this, you know, lonely, quiet place. No, no, no. We meet in public. You know, and maybe I'm bringing a friend first time. Okay, but internet dating is not a sin. I know some people who love Jesus. They met some great people who love Jesus, and they have great marriages. I would say just be careful. Just be careful how you present yourself, and be careful who you give out information to. Just be prudent and wise. But we would not say, I would not say, that internet dating is a sin. It's just another way to meet people. How about this one? Only invest in a relationship with someone that you are attracted to. Is this physical? Yes. You're going to need to look at them for a long time. Okay. <laughs> Is this mental? Yes, right? If you have certain interests and you like to read and you're a big theologian or you're, you're a person who digs footnotes and they're like, it's got no pictures. It may not be mentally the most attractive relationship, you know? If you're a person, are you, are you attracted to them emotionally, right? Like you trust them, you feel close to them, you see emotional maturity, there's a heartfelt connection. Is there a spiritual connection? You both love Jesus. You have these same convictions, desires, attitudes toward life. And it's this total attraction. What about their hobbies? Right? If they love horseback riding, do you hate horseback riding? If they love, you know, hunting, I mean, good Lord. I mean, if you're a woman who loves hunting, right? I mean, you're alone, but okay, you know. I mean, it's just what are your hobbies and your desire? Are you totally attracted to this person? The physical is part, but it's total attraction, right? Because some people, like, they've got, like, weird, quirky laughs, right? And some people, they'll laugh so weird, and, you know, and it could annoy you. And if it does, that'll be a long life, right? And you'll never tell a joke, and you'll stop going to this church. You'll be like, I can't even hear it. And church, Mark tells a joke, and it's, <laughs> I can't handle that. There's someone else out there who's like, that is so cute. That's the one right there. That's the one. Only marry someone who agrees with you on issues of gender and family, right? If you're a guy, like this is Grace and I, I always tell a story, but I always have single guys ask me, like, how do you get Grace to do that? I said, what? Like, well, she loves you and she loves the kids and she stays home to be a mom. And I always say, it's not like we arm wrestled and she lost, you know? Ha, 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 you're pregnant, go home. You know, it's not like we did it that way. 
probably shouldn't have said it like that, but you know, you get the point. I said, you know, I met her and I said, hey, when we were 19, I said, look, I want to marry you. I feel God's called me to be a pastor, okay? So you want to be a pastor's wife and I want to make money and I want you to stay home and I want to have kids and a big family and this is what I want. What do you want? She said, that's what I want. Okay, good. Let's do that together. If she would have said, well, I got my tubes tied at 12 and I won't change my last name and uh, if you disagree with me, I carry mace, I'd be like, well, I'm going to go for plan B. You know, I'm going to look for my options. You've got to figure out what you want and then marry someone who agrees with you. Otherwise, life is conflict and you're not allies working together. Your enemy's always fighting over exactly what it is you're trying to do. Uh, last one, and then I'll get into questions for men and women. Guard your heart, Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart. Don't give your heart away too quick. Especially you ladies, right? You're out on the first date. Don't be thinking, I wonder what our kids will look like. It's too early, okay? You're too far down the road, right? He's thinking, oh, her hair's brown. I mean, he's not there yet, right? He's, <laughs> you're way out ahead. Guard your heart. Don't give it away too quick. Here are some thoughts for Christian men who are into Christian dating. Uh, are you overlooking, gentlemen, good women? Because sometimes the good women are single moms. Sometimes the good women are divorced. Another man fell down on his responsibilities or that woman has really changed since her previous marriage. Some women are just shy. They don't pop and stick out because they're a little more quiet and reserved. Are you overlooking some really godly women? Gentlemen as well, when you're with her, do you honor God? Like if Jesus was there, would you be acting the same way? Do you honor her? Do you honor her family? Do you honor her friends? Do you honor her church and her relational community, her social network? See, a, a godly woman has lots of relationships around her, people who love Jesus and love her, and a good man enters into those relationships. says, I'd love to meet your family and your friends and go to your community group Bible study and go to church with you and get to know the people who love you and see who you work with. He wants to know your world, and he wants to enter into it because he has nothing to hide. A bad guy wants to take a woman out of a good social network, isolate her from family, friends, church, Bible study, get her isolated, bad guy. Gentlemen, are you honoring her? Are you going into her world and also earning the favor of those who love her? That's important. How about this one? Uh, number three, is she modest? First Timothy 2.9 says, ladies, dress modestly. Right? Gentlemen, if you're in the club, right, you're at the singles bar, in walks the gal who's, you know, neckline and hemline meet, and all the guys are like, wow, look at that. Okay, she might be a good time, but she's not a good life, and she's not a good legacy. Right? You've got to think, if she's immodest and she loves attention, it's not just my attention, she loves everyone's attention, is this the kind of wife I want to spend my life with? No, if she's immodest, then I would say there's something wrong. She's not going to be satisfied with your affection, she loves all the male attention. Uh, number four, the Bible says that the man is to be the head, the loving leader like Jesus of the family. So gentlemen, if you're interested in a woman, will she follow your leadership? Can you lead her? If she's really smart and you're very not, is she going to trust you to make decisions, right? If you're really disorganized, she's really organized. If she's really mature, you're really immature, can you actually lead? Is she going to trust you? Is she going to feel safe with you? Is she going to be with you? Can you lead her? If not, you need to step up your game or you need to find someone who you can lead. Uh, number five, does she have noble character? Proverbs 31, charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears God is to be praised. Character counts. I'll tell you what, gentlemen, you're going to give your whole life to one woman. You're going to marry her, have children with her, work for her, provide for her, protect her, pray for her. Does she have character? 
Does she love God? Does she hate evil? Is she humble? Is she teachable? Is she wise? Proverbs says a prudent wife is from the Lord. Right? Genesis 2.18 says that she's to be a helper. I mean, does she have that kind of character? The kind of character when you introduce her to people, you feel in a right way proud. Let me introduce you to her. Here she is. She's great. She's got amazing character. I totally adore her. It's an honor to be with her. It's an honor to be with her. I'm a better man just by knowing her. She's changing me. She's making more, me more holy just, just by being with her. She's got amazing character. You want that kind of woman. You want that kind of woman. And that's what we want for you. Number six, can you provide for her the lifestyle she expects? 1 Timothy 5.8, if a man does not provide for the needs of his family, he's denied the faith and he's worse than an unbeliever. Right? If you're an average, hard-working, blue-collar guy like my dad and like Jesus, right? And you meet a gal and she comes from affluence or she wants to live at affluence and she says, I want a new house, I want a new car, I want a vacation home. And you're like, I don't think I'm going to make that kind of money. Every man needs to take care of his family financially, but if she has certain expectations that you're not going to be able to meet, then that's not the woman for you because that difference between her expectations and your provision will be conflict and disappointment. And number seven, is she like the negative women in Proverbs? Is she a nag? Right? Proverbs says that a nagging wife is like a dripping faucet. Right? In wartime, they'll use that as torture for a POW. Okay? It's water torture. Drip, drip, drip. It says that a quarrelsome wife in Proverbs, living with her is worse than living on the corner of the roof of your own home. It's better to just take all your camping gear, go up on a roof, put a gun in your mouth, and just hope for the best. It's better than living in the house with a woman who's all about fighting and arguing and just constant conflict. There's also a woman in Proverbs who is unfaithful. When her husband goes to work, she gets all dressed up and goes out looking for other guys. There's also a woman in Proverbs who's called foolish, and she's loud. She's overbearing. Is she like that? Now, here's why some good men are attracted to some bad women. It's a savior-hero complex. The women have this as well. Sometimes the best women are attracted to the worst men. Why? It's because they believe that they should do the work of Jesus, run in, rescue them, be the savior, save the day, fix them, change them. That's Jesus' job. That's Jesus' job. Some of you are looking for worst-case scenarios so that you can be Jesus. You're not Jesus. They need Jesus, but you're not him. Ladies, some thoughts for you. Do you want to help this man who's interested in you and join him in his course of life? Genesis 2.18 says the woman is the helper. 1 Corinthians 11.9 says the man was not made for the woman, but the woman was made for the man. That means the man knows what he wants. He says, here's the job I'm working. Here's what I want. Here's where I'm going. Here's my plan. Right? That's why marriage is for men, not for boys. And then he could tell the woman, here's what I'm doing. You seem like a great gal. Would you be interested in this? If not, then our relationship doesn't have a future. This is where I told Grace, I'm going to be a pastor, I'm going to plant a church, I'm going to preach the Bible. Are you cool with that? You want that or not? She said, yeah, my dad was a pastor, I love Jesus, I love the church, that sounds great. Perfect. Perfect. If you're a man who's got to travel, because you're going to be a salesman, you better find a woman who says, I'm okay with you being gone, because you're going to be gone some. Right? It's, it's a man knowing what he's doing, and then inviting a woman to participate or not. And a woman has a right to make her decision at that level. Number two, is he tough enough to remain tough in tough times? 
Right? Paul says in 1 Timothy 2, 3, to endure hardship like a good soldier. I mean, life gets hard. I'll tell you what, gentlemen, when you say, that's it, we're going to love Jesus, we're going to plant our flag, I'm going to love this woman, I'm going to be faithful to her, we're going to have kids, I'm going to pay the bills, I'm going to serve in my church, and I'm going to do this for the rest of my life for 50, 60, 70 years, whatever God would give me. It's a big deal. You've got a lot of responsibility. If you're a guy who doesn't like responsibility, folds under pressure, can't make a plan, doesn't follow things through, lets things fall through the cracks, you're going to ruin everything. You're going to hurt that woman and the children that God would entrust to your care. So the woman needs to ask, when it gets tough, do I depend on, is he going to do his job? I mean, I, I talked to a guy, you know, today is, they've got a little kid, he's working full time, his wife's on bed rest, she's really sick, so he works a full time job, comes home, takes care of his wife, takes care of his kid, does ministry, he has got a full load. But you know what? He's carrying it. He loves her, he's carrying it. There will be seasons in life where the load is heavy, and gentlemen, as the leader and head of the home, you've got to carry that load. And ladies, if he can't carry the load, like right now, seriously, if you've got to help him find a job, keep a job, help him keep sober, make sure he reads his Bible, you know, drag him to church, push him to Bible study, there's no way in the world he can handle husband and father as Christian. No way. No way. Uh, how about this one? Number three, is he considerate and gentle with me? First Peter 3, 7, Peter says, men do not be harsh with your wife. Does he scream at you? Because you know what, ladies, when you're dating, he's on his best behavior. It's only going to get worse. Has he raised his hand to you? Say, well, he didn't hit me. Did he threaten to? Has he physically assaulted you? Has he sexually imposed on you? Do you feel safe with him or do you feel danger? If you feel danger, see, intimacy is about trust and trust is about safety. So if you're not safe, there isn't trust, there won't be intimacy. If you don't feel safe, don't be with that guy. You say, well, he only hit me once, but it's because I made him really angry. Don't blame yourself. Whatever you said or did, it may have been sinful, but his hitting you, screaming at you, cheating on you, whatever it is, violence toward you, there's no excuse. It's inexcusable. In fact, if he hits you, it's a crime. Call the cops. Don't marry him. Get a restraining order. Right? Do you feel safe? Do you feel safe with this guy? How about this one? Uh, number four, will he be a good daddy? Ephesians 6, 4. Hus uh, fathers, rather, raise your children in the instruction of the Padea of the Lord. If you're a lady who wants to have kids, does he love kids? There's three kind of guys, guys who don't want kids, guys who will have kids, but they give them to the wife and they say, well, she wants babies, I'll give her babies, that's her deal. And there's guys who say, I want to be a daddy. I love kids and I want to be a daddy. Is he going to be a great dad? How does he treat little kids right now? Does he go to a community group where there's kids and he loves them? Is he good to his nieces and nephews if he has them? Does he volunteer in the children's ministry? I mean, is he a guy who already you could see in his heart, he's going to be a great daddy. I mean, if you're going to have babies with this guy, you better make sure he's going to be a great dad. Because see, when you're single, all you're thinking about is, oh, I think we could make it. Put kids into the equation. That's a whole other thing you're looking for. Not just a spouse, but a parent as well. Now, the good thing about many of the Mars Hill men, I'll tell you this, this is one of the things that does encourage me. There's an attitude toward children that is different from the rest of the city. Most of the young guys in this church who have been here a while are saying, you know what? God has put these deep desires in my heart. I want to love my wife, want to have kids, and I want to be a good husband and father. And that's a good thing. But there's enough good men that, ladies, you don't need a man, and you shouldn't allow any man to grab your heart or your life who doesn't love you, love Jesus, and also want to love the children that God would entrust to your care. 
Uh, a couple more. Ladies, uh, is he a one-woman man? First Timothy 3.2 says the qualification of an elder is a one-woman man and that all men are to follow the example of the elders. If he's still looking at porn, he's not a one-woman man. If he's got two or three girls he's seen at the same time, he's not a one-woman man. If he's very flirtatious with other women, he's not a one-woman man. If you're having dinner and every woman who walks by, he gets whiplash, he's not a one-woman man. If he cheats on you while you're dating him, he's not a one-woman man. He's not. You want a man who says, Job 31.1, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a woman lustfully. You want him to love you, desire you, pursue you, be into you, be attracted to you, nothing else. And some women then get this crazy idea like they're in competition with another woman. Oh, I need to be more sexy. I need to be more available. I need to touch him more. I need to let him sin with me so that he'll be attracted to me. No, no, no. There's a problem in his heart. It's not with you. If he loves you, he'll be all about you. And if he doesn't love you, there may be nothing wrong with you. He just may have a lot of sin and folly in his heart. He may be a boy and not a man. You want a one-woman man. That's what you want. Last few. Number six, how valuable are you to him? If he's not willing to finish school, if he's not willing to get a job, if he's not willing to move out of his parents' house, if he's not willing to get his act together, if he's not willing to attend church on his own, if he's not willing to read the Bible on his own, if he's not willing to serve God on his own, how important are you? How important are you? You know, there was uh, the story of the Titanic when the ship went down some years ago. Do you remember when the ship was going down, what was the cry of the men? Women and children first. There was a women's magazine did a similar poll a few years ago saying, if the Titanic went down today, what do you think should happen? And the readers, the women who voted said, half men, half women should have been put on the vote so it could be equality. Look, if you're a Mars Hill man, you die. Okay, that's the bottom line. You die with a smile on your face and a verse on your heart. Hey, I love my wife as Christ loved the church. He died for his bride, the church. I died for my bride. Got to ask yourself, ladies, really, how, how much of a treasure are you? Really, at the end of the day, would he die for you gladly? Does he care about you that much? Right? A Mars Hill man, even if he gets the ticket for the boat, hands it to a lady and says, God bless you. You're my wife. I die, you live. I'll tell Jesus you said hi. Right? That's how it goes. A man lives to be like Jesus and give everything for his wife and for their children period. How valuable are you to him? I say this not in a boasting way, but at 21, I wanted to marry Grace, right? We're still between our junior and senior college. That meant during the summer, I had to work two shifts, 16 hours a day. We got married. That meant I worked a full-time job, and I was married, and I took 18 credits in college, and I studied for ministry under my pastor. Why? Because I had to be with Grace. I wanted to be with Grace. She was a treasure, and it just I couldn't live without her, that's why. And if you really love a woman, you'll make it happen. And too many of you ladies, you make it too easy. Make him earn it. Make him earn it. And if he loves you, he will. And if he's a man, he will. And if he's a man who's earned it, he'll honor you because he has proven himself. And if he's unwilling to, then you don't want to be with him. Because if he's unwilling to prove himself today, he won't continue to prove himself for the rest of his life. And then the last one, ladies, do you want your sons to be like him? Do you want your daughters to marry someone like him? I would say the same is true conversely for the men. This woman you're interested in, do you want your daughters to be like her? Do you want your sons to marry someone like her? Because they will. 
You want to marry someone where you could say, I want you to be like your daddy. Girls, I want you to grow up and marry someone like your daddy. Men, you want the same thing. You want to be able to tell your daughters, I want you to be like your mama. You want to tell your sons, you want to marry a nice lady? Marry someone like your mom. That's what you want to say. So you don't just have a great time, you have a great legacy. I'll close with these thoughts. First, do not have any sexual contact before marriage. No sexual contact of any sort or kind. Don't. It says in the Bible, among God's people, there shouldn't even be a hint of sexual immorality. Not even a hint. Song of Solomon says, don't arouse or awaken love until it's time. It's not how far can I go, it's when do I start. And you start when you're married. Now, that doesn't mean you don't build intimacy because you do. You go on a date, couple, and say, I like each other. Are we a couple? Can we date? Get yes. Okay. Then it moves to the next level. Have we been together a little while? We care about each other. It seems like a good fit. The godly people we seek for counsel sign off. How about if we take a premarital class at Mars Hill? Yeah, you know, I really think we are a good fit, and I think we need to get engaged, and I think we need to get married. As the relationship moves along, you do build intimacy. You build it mentally, you're talking about deeper things. You build it emotionally, you're sharing deeper issues. You build it physically, you hold hands, you sit together, you snuggle, maybe you even kiss. Not in a make-out session to where it becomes, you know, very tempting to go further. But intimacy is built until you're married, and then that physical, mental, spiritual intimacy culminates in sexual intimacy. Because there's love, and there's trust, and there's connection. And that's what God intends.